You're listening to the Burst Ball Podcast. Burst Ball, talking up the Scottish game. Hello, you are listening to the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast. First episode of the year 2017. We hope you had a wonderful, quiet and relaxed, family-orientated Christmas and New Year and you're ready to go for some Scottish football action. We certainly have been very quiet over the last couple of weeks. Nothing since our Christmas special. Um, Apologies for that, but it is just that kind of time of the year. Um, We're even doing this podcast in three separate locations over the medium that is Skype. I am Hamish Carton and I am in Presswick. Callum Scott, where are you? I'm in Kilmarnock, as as always, the only place that I, I seem to exist. Mm, a club you are falling out of love with? Yes, uh, we'll maybe go into that later on, but I, I better watch what I'm saying in case uh, I get a warning uh, for my views on the club again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Finlay, you are in Aberdeenshire. I am not in Aberdeenshire, Hamish, I'm in Glasgow. Are you? Um, I came back, yeah, uh, up, and down, up and down for the holidays. Oh, there's my iPhone connecting to the... The laptop as we speak, the the problems with Skype. Uh, yeah. No, I came back. I, I came back down the other day, so um, back down for another year in in Bonnie Glasgow. Mm, do you have a peaceful New Year, guys? Quiet, <laughs> yeah, family orientated. Family orientated New Year, indeed. Um, I so I'm currently sitting drinking Budweiser in my bed at <laughs> ten uh, eleven alone uh, on a Friday night. Um, but it's all going to be worth it for this wonderful podcast that I'm sure will will be out very soon for you guys once it's taken me about eight hours to um to, to edit and all that kind of stuff. Basically for about the next what hour or so um, we are just gonna chat about all things Scottish football, discuss some of the stuff that's been going on. We've also got a plethora of questions in from uh, from, from you guys at home so we'll, we'll discuss them and go we can actually go in depth on questions and that kind of stuff. Um so we'll go for that. We'll start with the game that's, I was going to say, just finished. Uh, we did aim to start this podcast just right on the, the back of full time at Easter Road, but technical difficulties that you've already alluded to, Matt, mean that uh, it is what, coming up to 11 o'clock and we're just getting started. However, if you can cast your memory all the way back, Matt, about an hour and a half ago, um, Hibs did quite well tonight. Very good victory against Dundee United and they're four points clear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, terrific display from Hibs. I mean... Uh, what I first noticed, though, to be honest, that right at the start was Dundee United looked just just looked all out of, all out of shape. They just didn't look like the team that had, um, well, coming off the back, obviously, some impressive victories. I mean, even if you look back to the game at Tannadice, what was it, like two months ago? You yeah. know, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, like they were a diff- completely different team to that night. And I uh, don't really know what's changed. I think possibly the influence of Chris Commons coming into that side, Jason Cummings obviously getting a double tonight, and then. Um, and Humphreys well coming in, um, making his was it his first start or did he play at the weekend? No, it was, I think was, it was his first first start, yeah. wasn't it? He was, he was proud yeah. in the right hand side. Superb Humphreys. tonight, yeah, absolutely. So. Um, but I mean, like you see, Chris Collins, it's an interesting one because I actually thought he was quite quiet tonight, but he seemed to like have the influence that the Hibs just Hibs just looked a totally different team. Um, I I just thought Dundee United were terrible though. I don't know what you guys mm-hmm. think, but they were just they were disappointed me yeah. so much. Yeah, I think um, I think they were they were just lacking in so many areas in the park. I felt because uh, I was really excited for the game, 
But they offered, I think they were they were weak. Uh, they were missing a bit of strength. I mean, the boy Barkley for Hibs just absolutely well. The boy, Aye, I mean, class, the, the beast that is Barkley, I <laughs> just absolutely, you know, dictated the game. Uh, is he the best, the best Barkley since Kyle Barkley? Do you think? Well, it's, it's, it's a tough one between the two of them. Except mm. uh, only one of them is a footballer and a <laughs> plays for Hibs. So, uh, but no, I, th- I thought uh, United were lacking in so many areas and offered. The, the, they were looked shaky defensively, they were weak in the middle of the park and they didn't offer anything going forward. Um, so I think that's a big worry for them. Hibs just looked better than them in every every way possible. Hmm. Is it is it harsh of me to say that I don't even think Hibs were that good? Is that like, that's yeah. probably mental, isn't it? That's probably Not a mental thing to say. No, I can see what you're saying. I didn't think Hibs were particularly excellent. I thought it was more down to than D United been really flat, but Credit where it's due, I, th- I think Hibs were okay, and I think the, like I say, in particular, the boy Bartley was absolutely outstanding. But I thought it was more to do with how poor Dundee United were. Aye, he just like he just absolutely strolls it in that league. Like it's me and uh, it was, I think it's Johnny's quite a big fan of him as well. We saw him a few times last season, uh, ironically against Dundee United in the the semi final at Hamden, and he was just like he's just he's massive. He's almost like a bit like Wanyama the way he plays like he just bullies players but he can actually play a wee bit as well like he moves the ball quite well yep. and he's, he's had like, a driving force in that midfield yep no I, I totally agree I, I echo everything that you've said it was, it was one that I've seen him a few times but it's the first time I've really kind of you know studied him and I thought he was just absolutely outstanding man mm. of the match for me was the title race over Matt? no it's silly no to say chance, that now. Um, no chance. Uh, of course it's not. No, we're we're going all the way for this one. I think. Mm. Um, we listen to the uh, radio at all. I do. I do listen to the radio. No, tonight were you? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I've not. Uh, I've not had a chance to listen to Sports Sound back. But what are they saying? Are they, they had, thinking uh, it's over as well? They had. Um, no, it was uh, an Aussie, and it was Ryan. I couldn't work out if it was Ryan Edwards of Party McGowan or Ryan, uh, it was Ryan McGowan. McGowan. Was it McGowan? Yeah, it was Ryan McGowan. Yeah, he's Ryan been on recently. Anyway. Well, Ryan McGowan, I'm coming for you. He was talking absolute nonsense. He was going on about if uh, if um, Dundee United drop five or six points behind Hibs, they should start focusing on the playoffs. I'm thinking about five or six, maybe fifteen or sixteen points. You start focusing and think we might not win this league, but five or six points. He's, no. uh, he's alluding to the fact that. That Hibs have got these games coming up. I think the fixtures, uh, the next maybe five or six games are like St Mirren, Queen of the South, Air United, um, Wraith kind of games like that. And it's uh, it's almost kind of those are almost sometimes the games that Hibs struggle in. The games where they they have to go out and beat teams, and especially away from home at games like uh, I think they've got maybe Wraith coming up away from home. That will be tough games like that. And I just mm-hmm. I thought it was an outrageous comment to make that Dundee United if they no. fall like five or five points behind, uh, they they should be writing off their title hopes. And he said start like resting players for the playoffs and all that. <laughs> what was he even doing nowadays? What is Ryan McGowan doing? He is out in China. I was Good. listening to him on Sports and they did a special interview with him last week and he's been playing out in China and I can't remember what team he plays for that have got like they signed one of the big players um, from what? Europe I can't remember who it is but Is it um, um, the boy uh, Pele? Pele whatever his name is What Grat uh, I don't I don't know I'm going to have a I'm going to have a cheeky Google search of this while we we keep going because he's um he was on he was trying to talk up the the Chinese game which I can <laughs> Which is quite bizarre to say, to be honest. But um, he seemed, but he was well liked at Dundee United. I mean, I know he wasn't there long, uh, but it's quite a bizarre thing for him to come out with. I think considering that um, 
you know, like this, the title race is clearly not over. You know, it's mm. you know, but I've, I've I, get, don't know, I don't know where he's coming from. Get history with Ryan McGowan. Ran onto the the park uh, as you do as a twelve year old VL um, after the United <laughs> dumped Hearts out of the the League Cup and he uh, sp- sprinted onto the park um, after the the penalty kicks. I don't know if anyone remembers it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hearts out of the League Cup. I sprinted onto the park and uh, I was a wee bit awestruck because Ryan McGowan's just standing there, just himself, surrounded by air guys, just looking the most dejected guy ever. And um, he, he was just like he just looked like the saddest boy ever. Um, I'm trying to remember that there's you know that the way you've got a reason or a feeling why you you can't stand a player, and there's a reason I can't stand him. And I can't quite remember. He must have done something to annoy me. And, must I must I grass you up after you yeah maybe assaulted yeah. him on the pitch? Did he do something? Like that? Was he on was he on Twitter or something winding up Celtic fans or something like that? Maybe Possibly. I, don't, I don't know. He was, he was quite a dirty player at times. He was Aye. a good player, but he liked to he liked to get the foot in. So I don't know if maybe that's something to do with. It. Uh, he obviously former Dundee United player as well, and he, he didn't really get on well with Hibs fans. So I suppose he's an interesting guy uh, to have. Sorry, on. I'm I'm just I'm just looking at the team he plays for. They haven't signed anyone major in the last few years, like big players. But Osman Sow's now out there. Is it? Osman Sow. <laughs> Recommended <laughs> Osman. by Ryan. McKinnon. That is unbelievable. <laughs> is that a true story? <laughs> yeah. Eh? Yeah. No. I'm in looking terms at him of the, did he recommend them? No, but oh. I was just putting two and two and two Osman Sow. They've got a whole Chinese team, then they've got a a random Eddie Gomez of Denmark, and then Osman So of Sweden. And Eddie then... Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the Danish guy ever. And their goalkeeper is uh, a number two for some reason, which is another What's maybe a Wikipedia header. Oh, um, Henan Gianye. Yanye, I don't know. Chinese isn't really up to scratch, but mm. you know, uh, they're nicknamed the Red Devils in case you want to know as well. And mm. uh, enough I, about Chinese football. Can I please move on from I, this? It was it was an outrageous <laughs> comment. Though, I mean, to to say that Dundee United should be written out of this uh, title race, yeah. uh, or after five or six behind, they're only four behind at the moment, and you wouldn't probably ten, back against them going another win ten, run. Ten clear as well a third. You know, it's a aye. They can't be looking over two their shoulder. Two games in hand, though. Morton have got two games yeah. in hand. Yeah, but. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not buying that. Nah. Long way to go. I can't, I can't see it. Um, but yeah, so it's looking good for Hibs. Much better uh, today. I'm not going to focus on the, the games coming up tomorrow too much because probably probably by the time folk are listening to this, they'll know that um, they'll know that Dunfermline have beaten Air United. They'll know <laughs> that Morton have beaten Dumbarton. They'll know that Falkirk have beaten Wraith. And they'll know that St Mirren and Queen of the South have drawn. So um, uh, that's it. League, League one, right there. Yeah, I think I'll get all four right there. I'm pretty certain of that. <laughs> League One's Albion Rovers against Brecon City, East Fife, Stenhouse Muir, World Beater Stenhouse Muir, Peterhead against Livingston, Queen's Park, Airdrionians, Strunrar, Alloa Athletic. League Two is Annan Athletic against Forfar Athletic. Cowden Beef and Berwick Rangers. Edinburgh City against Arbroath, um, Montrose against Elgin City, and Stirling Albion against Barry Ferguson's Clyde. Did you hear uh, Barry Ferguson's interview the other day, or yesterday? I think it was about the the whole Paul Le Guin stuff. Aye, yeah, yeah, quite interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, see, I've been like I've I've listened to a few things about it because it's something that I've always been interested in with the kind of Le Guin era because I mean. The guy's clearly not a bad manager or a bad coach, uh, and I still stand by it. So it was a kind of it was a Scottish mentality 
that played a factor. It didn't play everything because, uh, I mean, you still need to train players properly in that. But <laughs> I think he, I think he tried to change too much too quick at Rangers. Uh, and you know, back then I would have never envied anyone try to coach well an outsider try to coach the kind of mentalities of Chris Boyd and Barry Ferguson. It was a, would have been a difficult task. Mm. Aye, it's interesting just how the stuff he was, or according to Barry Ferguson, he was saying about um, or drawing away at Inverness. It's all right, it's all right, we'll move on, we'll get better, we'll improve, <laughs> that kind of stuff. It's quite hard to get your head around, but I suppose you could, you could maybe argue if he was given loads of time, he would eventually have got that message across. But I suppose when you are Rangers, you, you can't afford to um, to, to have that, that kind of, those kind of results going on. Um, I'm just trying to see, has anything else happened in Scottish football? What can we touch on? Gavin Burns away. Can I? I didn't really go and think quickly. I heard an interesting point it. about it, but I don't know if I'm just kind of reiterating what Graham Spears has said. Obviously, Graham Spears wrote a book about about Luke Wendt and Rangers Aye. and that. Uh, and I was listening to that Fit by Hacks podcast, and uh, there was and it was an interview for Graham Spears ages ago, and then they brought this wee special out. Just it was a ten minute clip of uh, Spears talking about the Luke Wendt era. And were you guys aware that, like? They know how there's a whole kind of head coach manager difference thing in that. Yeah. There was actually somebody, he was only coaching the players at Leon. He never, he was in charge of zero transfers or anything. Really? So it was somebody else, it was somebody above him that signed all the players. Uh, the guy's name escapes me, uh, who signed all the players, gave them to Le Guin, and Le Guin worked with the players. So what Spears was saying was that he's, it was his uh, kind of transfer. Uh, Kind of, they let him down as well because you know guys like Carlos Svensson and that but I Lionel Letizzi <laughs> yeah Letizzi yeah, Lee Brasionko all the, all the kind of guys but uh, uh, there was actually a player Jeremy Clement I thought he was alright but Scott, obviously yeah. wasn't he but, uh, but, uh, but it was just quite interesting that Spears was saying that that was a major factor in it because like when never before was ever in charge of recruiting players he was just there to train them so I just thought it was quite an interesting point to bring up I think the listeners would be quite interested mm, Yes, if you're a Rangers fan or a fan of any other club um, you've got any, any thoughts on that um, I'm going to be biased and say wonderful period uh, that was what 2006-07 um, <laughs> or about three quarters of that anyway uh, send in your, your memories from the Le Guin era um, and sad news guys I'm, I'm sad to break this news uh, Gavin Gunning has left Scottish football what a tragedy um, a sad loss I'm going to um, prepare an article with some of his finest moments in <laughs> Scottish football uh, there's a few a few absolute belters I mean the obvious one the picking up the ball um, there's, a, there's a few other ones one of the, the listeners sent in a uh, tweet um, yesterday that was saying that he's, he's best remembered for uh, when he went up I didn't even know he played with Motherwell but um, yeah, yeah. When he That's when he was collecting his medal after the twenty eleven Scottish Cup final, all the Motherwell players were absolutely devastated, and Gavin Gunning went up with a big grin in his face <laughs> to get his runners up medal. So uh, he's That's just funny. he's a wonderful man. I, I saw I saw a tweet earlier as well. Um, I think it was along the lines of, and I'll, I'll put it in the post when I do it. I think it was along the lines of a. Uh, uh, <laughs> Our under 13s game was going on, you know, they play them at half time and that, and the wee, the wee side uh, of the pitch at, at Morton or whatever. And uh, apparently, Gavin Gunning one day joined in, uh, scored a goal, and then wheeled away in celebration. <laughs> so he's, just, he's one of a kind uh, and a sad loss um, to Scottish football, but a, a great a great uh, gain for, for Grimsby Town and for English football. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, I saw only an excuse earlier. 
don't know if oh, you so I, 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 I actually I quite liked it in parts this year but like every year they just I don't know like I think they sometimes get some funny things like I was I was buckled at the Strachan's holidays thing I thought it was genius yeah. The, and then, uh, the the sting with um, the Aberdeen boy that was like the Sam Allardyce type thing. I <laughs> up in the, the Aberdeen ju- Aberdeen Amateur District Juvenile League or something. Yeah, uh, that was genius. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, Got and like Andre Ryu playing the Billy Boys as well was quite a good oh, that, laugh. Yeah, uh, that was funny. Um, yeah, apart from that, I thought it was it was kind of disappointing. Uh, actually, I think it, uh, and you go, Bill. Oh, sorry, mate. I, like, I was like, I've never really kind of done that kind of thing before, but I actually turned it off. I was like watching it, and I was like, this is, this is torture. Honestly, and I, I never, this... I never enjoyed any. I was I still got about 10, 10, 15 minutes to watch. That's because like, the slides off Nicola Sturgeon in it. So, uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> no, but like, there's things I was thinking of that are like, you're like, how have you met appeal to younger people when they still just do the same stuff? Where like the Mac of any stuff and that used to be genius, Aye. but I mean. Yeah. There's folk now that will only know who Frank McAvenny is. So no, what's no. the point in keep yeah. keep going on about it when you're for like twelve year old kids and that and if that's that guy's work for the full year, right, uh, <laughs> it's his job to put on no one excuse, uh, uh, hug Minnie and it's absolutely torture, then I mean, mm. come on, he's got all year to work in that and it's mm. and there was bits there's bits of it don't even need to do with football. I'll just Aye, probably is the one with the, the one with the boy with the whiskey. I don't know, I generally don't know. And there was uh, the, the bit at the start with the bouncy castle, was, was, like, was, it? was just, it would have been funnier if it was something like Jimmy Calderwood or something trying to sell you bouncy castles or something, you know what I mean? But, like, it was just a random guy, it was, I thought it was very poor. Uh, mm. But that's just me. But I think somebody yeah. else could have done a better job of making yeah. Scottish football funny. I think uh, one, of the, one of the funniest sketches I remember a couple of years ago was the the Rangers fan on um, Mastermind. I just thought uh, it was, that was absolutely funny. genius. That was and funny. Then, I mean, I get the thing, the McAvenny stuff is old, but I still get a laugh out of it. Like, I sit there with my dad, he obviously remembers McAvenny has been a bit of a old perv and he's still well, Was kidding. he really, or is, it, is this just like, it's oh, obviously he just liked the Bobs, he was a playboy. Yeah, yeah, like, like Charlie Nicholas and things like that, I think at that time it was just a bit of a, a bit of a playboy, so... No, actually, I, I, I still think the the Mac of any stuff is is all right, but I'm saying it's it's worse for guys. The same kids every time. Twelve, 12 year old that that won't yeah. even know who he is. They just that like, who's that guy? You, there's surely they could kind of relate to. They need to start kind of bringing in more kind of modern characters into it. I, I think it's just the same stuff, kind of repeating. Dinosaurs of Scottish football. <laughs> Dinosaurs, the old pals, <laughs> Sandy Clark. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Jonathan Watson, get a new job. <laughs> Um, yeah, he has a, he's in two doors down though, which is actually it's Jonathan. Funny. So, aye, oh no. jo- aye, Jonathan, Jonathan Sutherland as well. Good Jonathan, Jonathan Sutherland with the eyes. That was probably. one of them. Oh, imagine Jonathan aye. Sutherland trying to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, aye. What else have we got? Will, will we go to? Um, I don't know. I'm looking through all these kind of stories. Oh, have you seen? You yeah, seen the stuff away, with? Like. Yeah, you ever seen the stuff with Aberdeen's new signing this tonight? Uh, aye. <laughs> It's like Sky Sports, Sky Sports Scotland have had once again screwed up with everything related to Scottish football. And for any of the listeners that somehow don't manage to see this by the time this goes out, uh, they've used a tweet on like one of their live feeds on their website and uh, basically done deal. 
and it's like a quote from apparently Aberdeen's Twitter page saying, we're delighted to announce that the Dons have signed Turkish midfielder Yerdaz Sells Avon uh, <laughs> on a three-year contract. Hashtag, come on you Reds. And it's a photo of some random bloke who I've never even heard of. It looks like Luis Garcia. Um, <laughs> uh, and they've used like an unofficial Twitter page for that. So yeah. apparently, we're getting, a a, we're apparently getting some made-up player. Um is, yeah, there's yeah. there's I mean all these fake accounts for some reason. Some boys just creating fake accounts for every team. Yeah, Celtic like ones, a, yeah. a Celtic one that's like Rangers died or something. The guy's name is there's a Saint, there's a Saint Johnson one that's just like no even funny. It's like I can't even think. It's just something. It's something dire. Like I can't I can't even think. Go on it anyway and try and find it out. Um, um, but I don't know. I mean Andrew RFC Dixon. Tut tut tut. What is going on with that? That Sky Sports Scotland. It's a. I mean it's. it's well, I've been over it. Um, in the room 101, it's just the worst thing on the planet. Yeah, still in there, um, locked. But Never I getting out. Say, I'm glad to see they've uh, they've succumbed to that that prankster tonight. Um, <laughs> elsewhere, what have we got? I'm looking, trying to see. It doesn't really concern us at all. Hull have rejected a bid for. In fact, I'm not even going with there. Robert Scott, <laughs> I don't I don't care enough. <laughs> um, John Rankin's gone to Queen of the South for Falkirk. What? Um, Someone asked Connor earlier what was going on with that, and I don't know if we got a reply, did we? Yeah, he it did. said that uh, like I only had six months left at Falkirk, whereas Queen of South were offered them like eighteen months at that moment. Like, obviously, we to see whether Falkirk actually offered them a, a contract or no, but I think it was more to do with security that he was guaranteed another eighteen months of football at Queen of South at this moment in time. Uh, I mean, I'm in- interested in that because you thought under Peter Houston, a manager that obviously got on really well um, that it would have uh, it would have really worked at, at Falkirk but what, for whatever reason it's it's only been a, a short stage he's still a good player I think John Rankin whenever I saw him I thought he looked alright for Falkirk but I would have genuinely just... taken him at Kilmarnock 100% I would genuinely <laughs> take him at Kelly uh, 100% where, where was he before Falkirk having a complete mind blank Dundee United. Dundee United. Yeah. Was he still at Dundee United? Yeah. Nah, he he's been there for ages. But he's played nah, for he's played for loads, and he's played for like Carlisle, Ross County, mm-hmm. and Hibs, and he's a really good player for Inverness. Like, mm. yeah, he's yeah. scored Remem- a few. Remember peaches, a goal against Rangers yeah. in the last minute? He scored for them. It was really good. Um, Squigglers. Squiggler. Oh god, <laughs> that goal. Um, Rob Kiernan, what's, what's the script with this this ban? Because I've I was asked about it earlier by someone. I've kind of it's kind of passed me by this one, but basically Rangers are, are contesting the the ban that's been given to him for the incident with um, Stephen Anderson at St Johnson last week. That he Anderson claims he was punched by Kiernan during the draw last week. Quotes from Anderson: "It was a corner, and he caught me in the ribs. It was a clear punch on me." Um, Interesting. Is it is it a loss for Rangers if they lose Kiernan? Uh, yeah, I mean everyone's it, been yeah but everyone's been criticising his performances. <laughs> but end of the day, I mean they they don't you know the, their defence is a bit you know ropey. You would say you know I mean like yeah, but he's, he's hardly he's hardly cost a cut at the back there. No, no, I know, but it's just a, it's just a, you know if he's been playing it and in around the team and all that you know he's familiar with the setup and things like that to lose a player. You know, even for a couple of games, I mean, that could that could affect him for the rest of the season. Cause he, you know, like I mean, he, he'd obviously still be part of Warburton's plans. You know, I mean, with uh, I mean, at the moment it seems to be Helen Wilson that are playing. You know, and uh, and from my understanding is Clinton Hill's having a pretty good season. So, um, mm. but for 
you know, for a, they don't have a massive squad, and you know what Warburton's like with his with his actual squad. I mean, size, you know, they're not they're not, any losses still a loss in my opinion. Where's yeah. the Senderos? I've not seen him <laughs> fail run after an old fun game. I've not seen him for that. He's sitting in the reserve. He actually run run off the pitch when he gets shown the red card. <laughs> that was the best part about it. That was funny. I've genuinely not seen him for Aye. September. I don't know where he is. That was a that was an absolutely incredible. Was someone not saying? Was it Johnny that was saying he's played two games and he's like ninth in the disciplinary record? No. <laughs> He got like, I think he's got like three, bo- three bookings on a red card in his uh, in his uh, two games he played. It's like incredible. Jesus. Um, Jesus. Right, good good old Sanders. That was some sprint, the fastest he's, he's ever run. I think when he got shown that red card, he was he was still getting shown the red, and he was away in the changing room having a shower. It was some effort for the boy um, on an otherwise uh, wonderful day. Um, we'll, we'll touch on Celtic then quickly, ironically or not ironically, but uh, funnily enough, on that that same day. Musa um, Dembele's finest game for, for Celtic and the, the chat was um, mm. from an unnamed club in London, West Ham that uh, the chat was that they'd, they'd bid 20 million for him it was on their official site but it was a kind of fan account it's quite a strange one Really? Um, I saw, have you missed this Matt? No, no, I know I know that but like, <laughs> I, like the fact that they're like kind of quoting fan pages Aye, it's, it's a real strange one uh, Karen Brady was tweeting about it like an hour ago, because um, someone tweeted her saying that it was unprofessional that they were kind of doing transfer rumours on the official site, which is, I agree completely, it's like, it's really yeah. strange, and like, it's like almost a forum part of the official site, uh, yeah. and uh, she's, she said that, this, I think it's called The Insider, it's called, maybe, yeah, and uh, it is, um, they've, they've gonna, they're going to stop doing that completely uh, at West Ham, but... It was it was interesting that, that twenty million was banded out and it's allowed Celtic to say straight away that um that they wouldn't accept that bid and they're looking for I think they said it was way off their valuation. Eh, of Dembele, what what would you rank him or rate him at, Callum, in terms of millions of pounds? Um, see it's a it's a really tough one. What he's worth and what they'll get is a two different arguments for me. I I think that because he's played in Scotland, well, it's bold already that apparently, well, this twenty million figure has been rejected, whether it happened or not, but well off their valuation, which is interesting because I thought Celtic would have probably accepted that. However, I think he's worth more than that. Uh, but it's it's just the whole goldfish bowl with English Premiership that you know you have one good season down there and it adds another another 10, 10, 50 million onto your price tag. Look at Virgil van Dijk just now who looks yeah. like he could join one of the bigger sides whereas people would have laughed at you if you said that uh, two years ago when he was playing for Celtic. I think Dembele's a class act. Uh, I mean, d- during the old fun game, I mean, you keep forgetting the guy's only 20 year old, you know, mm. and he's bulldozing past players, bulldozing past them, you know, guys like... Danny Wilson, Clint Hill, it's like who are well, Clint Hill an experienced pro, you know, and Dembele's mm-hmm. just brushing them off. For me, I genuinely think that if he was playing in England, they would be talking thirty five, forty million for him. But mm. does that does that mean I think he's worth that? Or do I think they'll get that, then no. But I think if he was if he was doing the business in England they could easily go for that because he's certainly got the potential to go for that. Hmm. Uh, I agree completely. I mean it's the club have, have clearly come out and said, and I think it was the Daily Mail that first reported it. We obviously uh, Stephen McGowan, who is quite kind of in touch with with Celtic. He he was one of the first ones I think that that broke the news that Brendan Rodgers was going to be 
uh, the next Celtic manager. So mm-hmm. it's like he, he's a guy who's well in touch, and he, he clearly he had the exclusive saying that tw- uh, thirty million is the price Celtic would be wanting. So I, I'd kind yeah. of t- tend to believe that. And um, I mean thirty million, you almost need to pinch yourself if if a player from Scotland was to leave for thirty million. And in my opinion, if Celtic have got that asking price. And that this guy who I think will play for France in the future, which would automatically add on five million the minute he steps foot on yeah. on the pitch for France to his transfer value at least. Um, I I think that I, I think Celtic could well get thirty million, and it's it's crazy to think about that really, like thirty million for a player playing in Scotland. I see. It seems crazy because we're still realistic about player valuation <laughs> uh, north of the border. But when you look at what guys like Troy Deeney and that are valued at 35, <laughs> 35 million, you know what I mean? I mean, that just that sums up. Who would you rather have? Moussa Dembele, a really kind of classy, silky, you know, French to be, fan. To be, fair though, to be fair, Troy, Troy Deeney scores in the Premier League, you know what I mean? He does are, score in the Premier League, but, yeah. but, but we can't just write off guys like Dembele and then no. for him to get down there and score it same with Virgil van Dijk Juan Yama who was bossing the game mm-hmm. against uh, Chelsea the other mm-hmm. night there, you know yeah. what I mean but people laughed when he was at Celtic that's what I'm saying D- I-, I didn't mean to take in away from Dini but you look at him and he's worth 35 million just because he's playing in the Premier League whereas I'm Mr Dembele scored goals in the Champions League this year mixed yeah. it with the best I think he's different class I, he's, a, he's a big game player I think that's the thing that struck me about Dembele you look at his, his games uh, Five goals against Rangers in three matches is is pretty incredible. Ridiculous. Um, the the three goals I think he scored in in the Champions League. Um, he's, he's well in the group stages anyway. I think he's got another. And it one should have been like, four. We're missing a penalty against yeah, Barcelona and, as and well. He, so. and he missed a sitter against Barca at the home game as well. So <laughs> he, he could arguably um have had he could have had about seven or eight goals and in, including the qualifiers in the Champions League this season, which again is an incredible would have been an incredible return. Um, so so I, I could see that happening. I'm I'm just wondering if that starts the kind of I know a wee bit tongue in cheek here, but if that thirty million, if he goes for thirty million, if it starts the, the overspending in Scotland again, I mean, what what would a man like uh, I don't know Stephen McLean be worth in that kind of market? <laughs> five million. <laughs> St Johnson aren't entertaining any bids of under five million for Stephen McLean. He's too important for the. The way no. the club play. <laughs> I mean, I think if there's only going to be overspending, it's going to be from Celtic and the pro. Well, Celtic, Rangers, yeah. sorry, but the problem is, well, it's not a problem also for Celtic is that they've got an unlimited. They've really got an unlimited budget sitting there, you know, with the money that that could be could be given to the club, you know. Ultimately, you know, I mean, you just see see that I mean, uh, the way that they're away to sign this a buoy guy for what three million pounds. I mean, no other club mm-hmm. in the country can do that, like. Yeah. And but then obviously then the parachute payments that happen in England, most championship clubs can do that now, you know. And it's mm-hmm. we say look as a as a club are obviously bigger than pretty much every I would say anyway obviously bigger than every championship club and most Premier League clubs as a club. But you know like and yeah. that kind of then it strings up the it brings up the argument possibly of like how they would actually get on in England, you know, because the size of the club and all that. I mean if you're like Celtic would be getting offered a, like ten times what most of their players are valued up here than they would if they were playing in England. You know, you'd see yeah. like players like James Forrest going for millions and things like that. Cause it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's just the way that it, way it, that it is, and it's you know, and it's a fair play to Celtic. If they they'll obviously cash in on him when, but when they do, if they can keep a hold of him for another Champions League campaign, they've got a, they've got a serious serious uh, bit of money to go there. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my thinking as well. Is his value will probably only go up. I've heard folk 
saying I think the examples used were I think it was three I think it was Izagiri, Kayal and Johansson were the three examples used and for me they are they were good like those three players on their day I think two of them won player of the year they were good footballers but I always got the feeling that Dembele's more of a Wanyama and a Van Dyke. like he's talked to that kind of same high regard I mean and you touched on those two a second ago Carl I mean like Van Dijk and uh, certainly Van Dyke and Wanyama as well are probably like two two of the maybe top 20 players in that English Premier League at the moment which is yeah. a pretty yeah, well, you, crazy thing to say yeah well when you look at when it comes to the time of year when you do uh, the kind of team of the season uh, we are starting 11 uh, yeah. would surprise me uh, certainly I think one of them will always be in there but it could easily be both of them I think Van Dijk will be in there I think he's the best centre half in that league at the moment which says a lot it says a hell of a about yeah. him, I didn't mean that in a kind of bad way. I mean, as in, it's just, it shows you. Uh, I'm got to hold my hands up. I thought he was maybe got to get caught out up there because I thought he was, he was so good in Scotland and he strolled through games. But I wasn't sure if he had the same kind of game awareness down there. You know, like it, it like because it was just a strolled. That's the way you could describe his his movement mm-hmm. in that uh, up here. And I wasn't sure whether that was got to come back to to haunt him in England. But he's he's outstanding and like you look at. Clubs like Manchester United and Man City who are both interested in him and Arsenal yeah. as well, I think. So it just shows you. And then obviously, uh, Wan Yama at Tottenham now. Yeah, interestingly enough, I read the thing in Van Dyke and it was a guy who'd watched him a lot this season. And the opinion in him like seems to be that he's better against the good teams. And he almost like, it's, it's, I saw someone saying that it's almost too easy for him against the kind of bottom half teams in the Premier League, which is, is quite kind of hard to get your head around. Uh, to be mm-hmm. totally honest. Anyway, we'll, we'll turn attention. Um, should we chat about Kilmarnock for a wee minute? <laughs> uh, if, it, if it pains you too much, Callum. Um, the news is that midfielder Charlie Charlie Adams yeah. uh, and Flo Boyage, uh, Will Boyle as well, uh, have all left. Uh, Boyle and Boyage to Huddersfield, parent clubs, and Adams to Birmingham. Yeah. Um, Jonathan... Burn but, will not be back from Middlesbrough. I think he had injury problems. Yeah. But uh, the big news is that the the deal has been extended for the left back Luke Hendry from Burn ah, until right the back, end yeah. of the season, uh, which is is I mean it's good news. I think he'd been quite impressive. Yeah. Well, see, I was I was just talking to my dad about it. Uh, the boy Henry, he's he's been good, but I think some Kelly fans have maybe kind of overrated him a bit. I, th- I think he's been. He's been decent, and I'm happy to see him stay. But it wouldn't have bothered me too much had he gone, had he gone up the road, eh, back down the road. Well, I don't know if that's totally true because we like to see the kind of continuity. At least we're not needing to search for another right back, and I think he'll develop into a better player. But I've I've not got the big saga when people are going on as if it's business of the season for us. I think he could have been relatively easy to replace. But I'm happy to see him kind of kind of develop on a. And, and a better player and the good thing is he's kinda he's happy here. He, he looks to be um he, he likes the place. His his dad played with Commander, his dad won the Scottish Cup with Kelly in ninety seven. Um and like I say he loves it up here, he likes the fans and he also writes a, a column for the local newspaper, which is quite interesting as well. Does he? Yeah, yeah, he writes a he writes a wee sports column every week, which is quite interesting because he's He's a uh, he played with Man United in that as well, so I think he was uh, the article I read. He was talking about Alex Ferguson. And that he's he's trained a couple of times under him. That's quite interesting. Hmm. Indeed, um, it's probably at this point that I should um, 
raise the, the article written by, and I'm to call him Russ Abercrombie, <laughs> apparently, um, that he, he wrote um, uh, on the, the Busball website uh, about um, all the, I think, 17 Kilmarnock signings, which is mental. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But he, he's written a real, really good piece. I, I really enjoyed reading it. I'm not it's even a Kilmarnock funny. fan. It's very Aye, funny. It's funny. I mean, the, well the, the Tinder references and the uh, what was the one about the boxers bulging as well. So uh, Aye, and the, the one I liked was about the goalkeeper Oliver Davis when he was like he's a, he's about as good a goalkeeper as I'm at holding a crocodile or something like that. <laughs> I, was, I, had, I had a chuckle. Aye, it was very funny and well written. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, give give that a read. Go on the Bossballpodcast dot net. Uh, and Russell's written a, a good piece. It's as funny, but it's also informative. And mm-hmm. for there's a few names there that you might kind of go who, because a few of them apparently haven't even got Wikipedia pages, which probably says a lot in this day and age. But it's a really good piece on all the the Kilmarnock stuff um, that's gone on this season. Um, I mean, I, I'm I've made my my opinions well clear in Kilmarnock uh, this season, and there there seems to be a kind of a growing feeling that. Even though I mean Kilmarnock, they they are tenth in the league and they're, they're four points ahead of Inverness, but there seems to be a feeling that that Kelly might still be in a bit of trouble this season, like more so than the likes of Motherwell and teams like that. Even though there, there's only a kind of point separating the teams at the moment, it's quite it's an interesting one uh, down down the bottom of the table. Matt, we'll come to you. Uh, I'm going to go and grab another beer. So do you want to talk about the the joy that is Niall McGinn leaving your club? Well. Reports still out of the club are basically saying that him and his agent have gone away for a holiday and they're coming back after the winter break. And apparently the club are happy with the position they are. They're in about him keeping him on. Apparently they're they're going to be settled on a on a two year deal probably. What is a bit of a shock, I think. I mean, me myself and Kelly Kyle were talking about this on Twitter yesterday about the the prospect of him going to Hearts. I think it's. It's completely out of left field, to be honest. I mean, fair play to Hearts for showing a bit of ambition, I think, in trying to nab a, a very good player, a very good Scottish Scottish Premiership player, to be honest, because mm-hmm. Niall McGinn is a, is a very good player. I mean, he's a bit inconsistent at times, but when he's on form, he, he, he's arguably our best player. And I think that um, I think it would be incredibly frustrating to lose to lose him, especially to like our, you know, you'd say like our nearest rivals in the league, one of our rivals. Um, I would probably be content and I'm going down to England on the flip side I mean we have got four very good seasons out of him you would say you know I mean there was that first season he came in he played Craig Brown took him in you know and he played under that season that uh, that was just a disaster really finishing 8th or ninth, and he was without his 24 goals possibly could have got relegated so you know he's a very he's been a very very good player but I would I'm still hopeful I'll keep it on to him as much as I'm resigned to losing him I think I think if he goes to Hearts, that would be pretty, be pretty annoying, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Aberdeen, they've they've had they had a real blip there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. There was a, a real kind of, think it would be a real struggle after for losing that cup that cup final to Celtic. Went in a, a real kind of bad bad run of form, but when you're game in hand and you're you're back one point ahead of Rangers, it, it's such an interesting well, exactly. one in second place. I think uh, I think the thing was a lot of fans, I mean I've seen it after the, the cup final, we all know it was just it was shambolic. I mean it was a really, really poor performance. As good as Celtic were, I mean they strolled that game and it was you know, and it was too easy for them, but we made it I think that Aberdeen made it very easy for them as well. The following week against Rangers, I think the prob the problem was there's too many fickle fans out there that they they looked past the fact that 
it's it's still a very tough game. You know, they looked. There, there's so many fans out there that were like, oh yeah, it's a newly newly promoted club and all the stuff. We should be going in and destroying Rangers because you know there's this you know belief that we're obviously a better club, a better team than them, and things like this. And end of the day, the club, the teams are very similar on the pitch and. Rangers on the day got the, got the better of, of Aberdeen and there were, after that it seemed as if we'd just been relegated or something it was a complete McInnes out mm. tactics all wrong doesn't know his best team I mean the thing is they were looking at they were faced with the prospect of eight games in December so that's eight games in a month you've got to rotate the team and obviously in the last three games since that Ross County defeat they've came out and McInnes has stuck with the same team and it is apart from Lewis it is a team that you would have played last season you know and for me, it's our best team. We've won three games in the bounce, and all of a sudden, as you say, Bear, we're one point behind Rangers with a game in hand. You know, and it's uh, mm. and it's it's really good looking. I'm really looking forward to the second half of the season. I think if we can kind of keep a hold of Johnny Hayes, if, and if the McGinn speculation goes away again, you know, we're faced with still thinking we're needing a couple of players, and I still would like to see. Obviously, there's I think it's all a done deal that Madison's going to come back. Um, which is a boost. Uh, I'd still like. He's not to... been playing as much, no matter. He's, has he? he's not. I mean, he's been coming on, and I mean, he's not. You know, he's not really had that impact. He's still classy. You know, the the, the thing is that he can come on, and players will immediately target him. But if see if they can get the ball out to someone like Hayes and McGinn, they'll just take the game into their hands. And I think that he's he's a, he is a very good player. But they're they're also using him well. I think they're. Um, I mean, you've seen it in the cup final. He got he got kicked off the park, and they certainly didn't let him didn't let him get get in the game you know and there's uproar yeah. when he doesn't play and all this but then you look at the players like for example Kenny McLean has come on a game in the last four weeks he's been outstanding he's really really mm. come on a game he's really showing like why they actually paid money for him again you know and it's um, so there's still a lot to be done obviously it's so so tight I mean there's there's always going to be rumours I mean I think Tansy there might be a deal for Greg Tanzi again, possibly, you know, if that doesn't get screwed up again by Inverness's chairman. Did or I read it, something that yeah. he'd rejected a contract or something like that, Inverness, yeah. or something like it that? It could be like a pre-contract agreement, possibly. He's Aye. the kind of player that I would like to see us in, because although Ryan Jack has come really in, come in, sorry, and like he's played well in the last few weeks, you know, he has shown why he's got the captain's armband as much as a, I'd rather have someone like Graham Shane wearing it. Um, I just think that I don't know. I mean, you've got to be patient with the way that McInnes does does this thing. He doesn't give anything away. For me, he's still the man in charge. He should he should be the man in charge because you look at where where the team have come in the last and the the consistency really to to stay up there and to be battling it out with Rangers who although they're they're newly promoted I mean, and and all this stuff they're expected to to even go for the league. You know they've got a budget that's bigger than Aberdeen's and all this and they've come in and. I think you're showing as well how good a manager McInnes is over Mark Warburton, for example. The way that some, if you look at his signings, they've all, you know, like the three big names that came in from England, you know, like Joy Barton, um, uh, well, Joe Garner, and then even like the likes of Jordan Rosser, who, to be fair, is unfit. You know, these players haven't done. Yeah. These players haven't done enough. You know, like we were, It was an interesting. It was an interesting point someone made, like, and it's obviously it's no Warburton's fault, but. See the amount of players they've had that have been injured. Yeah. Can you think of like all of all of the signings yeah. that they've had? So like the majority of them have been injured at some point. Yeah. And um, Wagon can't can't keep fit. He was like it's yeah. crazy. Ro- Rossiter's barely kicked a yeah. ball for them. Crooks, Crooks barely kicked a ball yeah. for them. 
Crocs should be. Um, who else? Uh, See, Windass has had his injury problems as well. Aye, Even exactly. though he's a good player, I like Windass. But, but you're right. out uh, for three months. Yep. Well, a big miss for them. <laughs> Sad all over. <laughs> yeah, um, thanks for that, Matt. Uh, Aberdeen correspondent um, <laughs> in Glasgow. We get, oh, we get anything, uh, true. We get anything else from any other team that we've not, um, not touched on? Anything that I have somehow forgotten about? I mean, Partick Thistle. I've got uh, that that player that's just played for for every club. It seems like um, Ridgers. Uh, is it Mark Ridgers? Mark Cooper? Ridgers. I um, even played for us last season. Remember how bizarre like, that was? Uh, you brought him in for like one game or something. Aye, because it was a, had a pure goalkeeping crisis, and then we needed to yeah. sign him in an emergency loan because uh, Devon Mackay was on loan at Derby, which was a weird one. <laughs> uh, and what, what? Who? Jamie McDonald was. Injured. And suspended. No, he was suspended. I think he was suspended. And uh, Oliver Davis, who we brought back this season, bizarrely, uh, was injured. And so uh, we needed to sign Mark Ridgers in an emergency loan deal to play Hearts. Uh, no, I, I do remember that. Yeah, I remember that very well, actually. He's, he's gone to Fur Hill. Uh, and the boy, German boy Stuckman, who never really impressed me, has uh, left. I always thought he was a kind of. He was an all right goalkeeper, but he was he's never going to make saves that would really get you points. So yeah, um, that that's the news. Inverness have signed an Irish forward called Ebby Dean Ebby. <laughs> uh, they've signed him from. Do you want to take a guess before I reveal what team it was? Um, Bohemians, Ireland. Uh, oh, uh, I'll I'll go for Dundalk. <laughs> uh, Bluebell United. Oh, yes. So good, good to see Inverness are shopping in the highest market uh, for their <laughs> for their players. Um, I've touched on Gavin Gunning slightly. We've touched on Ibui. Um, looks like we'll move on to questions then, guys. Should can I ask about Ibui quickly, if that's all right? Well, you can ask, but I don't know anything about him. So. <laughs> well, can I ask about how bizarre this is? Maybe it's me that's missing something because I'm not used to kind of signing players with international clearances. But why has it been an assumption that everybody's just agreed that that they'll fail with international clearance but get them in the appeal? What's that about? Um, the international clearance refers to him having played, I think it's a, a certain number of caps for your country, um, or maybe it's a percentage of your country's games, and uh, he's, I think he's been part of the Ivory Coast squad, but he's yet to, sorry, he's yet to um, make his, get his first cap for them, so uh, the, that, the assumption is that he wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't be granted a, a work permit, a permit to to play right. football. Um, on on that, but but then I think it goes to the SFA and Celtic. Then have to convince the SFA basically that he is. He will. I think the phrase is significantly improve the team, and also right. that he. That's the first clause, and the second clause is that he won't stunt, uh, the development, development of Scotland Scottish players. So um, I think when. Uh, when Celtic kind of plug that case, the fact they're outlaying three million. The fact this this guy's meant to be pretty good. He's only played twenty games in his career, which is pretty crazy for a three million pound player when you think about it. Um, but he's apparently pretty good. He's been good for Krasnodar, uh, and I, I think I think Celtic will get him on the appeal. Um, but it's a it's, a, it's an interesting deal. It's a, the first one. Uh, if it goes through, uh, it won't be from England that Brendan Rodgers is signed. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting in its own way, but the fact he's a 19-year-old um, and he's only played 20 games, he's only scored one goal, 
Uh, I mean, I think BBC Scotland, the report in Scotland showed the two clips of him that they could find. One was him scoring the worst goal you'll ever see. <laughs> uh, it was that he charged down a keeper and deflected it in. <laughs> uh, and the, se- the second clip was him raging after getting sent off uh, in a Russian <laughs> league match. So uh, if those are, are those are the, the ways we go, um, he may not be a, a great sign for Celtic. But certainly um, we'll, we'll let him do his talking if, if and when he does sign. Uh, for Celtic we'll go into some questions then because you the listeners have been uh, sending them in pretty much all day we had Kieran Poland as he usually is first off the mark um, he's asking realistically how far can Brendan Rodgers take Celtic into Europe whether it's the UCL or the UEL it's an interesting one Um, I think in the UCL it's depending on whether he can keep guys like Dembele and build a core squad there, the same way that kind of Neil Lennon did, uh, by keeping, you know, the uh, Forster, Ledley, Hooper, all that all together for, for one very good campaign. Um, I genuinely believe that if he can keep a hold of like Dembele and all, all the rest of them, um, and improve in areas, for example, full-back, I think, right-back, they need to do better. Um, and maybe just a, another midfielder, maybe somebody with Champions League experience. I think he could, he genuinely could take them into the last sixteen. But it's all depending on what kind of group you get. You know, I mean, look at the group they got yeah. this year. It was, it's just a, the luck of the draw. In regards to the Europa League, I genuinely think that he could take Celtic in a major run there. A hundred percent believe that. Uh, maybe I'm getting a bit carried away with the. Brendan Rodgers' revolution at Celtic because they're the best team I've ever seen playing Scotland. Um, oh, oh, oh. I'll, I'll, I, I, I'll be, I've, I've yet to add that I didn't live through nine in a row, etc. But they're certainly the best team in the last decade or so easy for me. Uh, and I think that he could take them uh, very far in the Europa League. Very far. Yeah, well, I've already, uh, on my, my other podcast I do, the, the Celtic Grand Old podcast that I do, um, I've already made the the claim, and I don't know if I want to quite repeat it, because I either sound doubly foolish or, or doubly genius eh, in about five years' time, possibly when Brendan Rodgers leaves Celtic or or sooner, whenever it is. Um, my, my claim was that I think that the the pinnacle of Brendan Rodgers in Europe was I think he'll take Celtic to a major final. I don't think it'll be the Champions League. I don't think anyone thinks it'll be the Champions League. So basically, I think he'll take Celtic to the Europa League final. Um, which is a massive statement to make, and I appreciate that. But I just think that uh, the best is is yet to come for Celtic under Brendan Rodgers. I I agree that the best is yet to come. I just think that with uh, Celtic, you saw some, in some of the games, though, albeit way back in July, you know, they did struggle. You know, like in the the red imps. Yeah, well, red imps, and then even the was it the was it the Azerbaijan team or the the Kazakh. Team, I can't remember. Astana. Yeah, Astana. I mean, you know, like, they're, they're teams that will never obviously get anywhere near, like, the latter stages of a, group, a European competition. And you see when, when you get to, even if you get out of the group stages, the Champions League, you're you're paired with some very good teams. You know, there's a chance that they could get drawn against, like, a Man United or a, you know, or, I mean, although I think, like, there's teams in there, you know, from England, like Southampton, Spurs, you know, there's all these kind of teams that go back into, and you've got Sevilla and the Czech, you know, from Spain. You've got some very good teams throughout, and you saw that. I mean, they were outclassed against Gladbach in, at home. You know, like albeit they, they put up a better fight away. I think, I think you're looking at 
put it this way, if, if Ronnie Dyla can get used to the like the last 16 <laughs> of a, of the uh, Europa League, was it last 16 or was it last I must 32? correct you, I must correct you, I think. 32, 32 yeah, sorry, I'm getting them mixed up because there's 32 teams. You know, I mean, they gave yeah. Inter a very good game, but, you know, you could maybe get to the the last... The latter stages, last 16 quarterfinals, maybe. But then it's just a potluck of who you get, you know. And, the, and Callum's right about the, the Champions League, you know. With the performances that they put up this year in the Champions League group stages, you know, who's to say that if they got an easier group, if they got a group that, say, for example, Leicester possibly got, you know, <laughs> then you never know, you know. Like, if you, I mean, it just it just depends, but it's they're a long way off from there, and I think it's. I think we've passed the peak of when a Scottish team would probably return to to a European final. To be honest, um, yeah, I, I, I can see I can see a point, yeah. um, and I totally agree. But I, I think it, as I've said, it's if Celtic can keep the players and keep building, then I don't know what what can stop them. Like I say, I'm not saying for one minute I've ever got to go and uh, conquer and dominate Europe, but I think that you know. As you say, I mean the, the the quality teams in the Europa League is like you've got Sevilla winning it just about every yeah. year. You know, Sevilla class act, and you've got your Benfica's. Ah well, sorry, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, just a rush of blood to the head there for me. But I mean, <laughs> like, you, you've got these teams that consistently do well in the Europa League. But in regards to the English teams, a lot of the English teams do not want to be there. Like, like and I don't, yeah, like, no. because they want to be playing the Champions League. They get put out of the Champions League, and they just field field youth teams in the Europa League. And I think if Celtic were there, Celtic would have a real go at trying to win it or progress, should I say, uh, opposed to winning it. And I think that. I know it's all cliche, but I mean, M D Park kids beatable. Um, we've seen that in recent mm-hmm. years. We've been lucky enough to see it. And but as you've pointed yourself, it's just the luck of the draw. I mean, who's to say if, if Celtic get, you know, I don't know, a, a, a Sevilla or a Valencia or something, and it's, it's got to be a tall order to to beat them. But I, th- I think Celtic should be targeting, you know, major progress in Europe. Certainly better than this year. This year they were unlucky, but I think I think they've got to improve on it, and I think they will. W- would it be a tainted qualification? If there was no strong Barcelona in the group, no, no. What? It's just. How do you mean? Big. What do you mean? I'm I'm tongue in cheek big time here, but it's just you know. Because you always play Barcelona. The the, (laughs) no the the Premiership titles were tainted because there was no strong Rangers. So would qualification be lessened if there was if it was in a group with Porto and Club Bruges and teams like that as opposed to absolutely not Barcelona and Man City. Nah, 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 definitely not. Hmm. Thanks for shooting me down there, boys. Um, good friend Damian Spears is asking us: Is the winter break necessary? Yes, I like. I like the pitches, pitch pitches, and just rest and players. To be honest, get them away. I mean, look for example Aberdeen. I mean, Aberdeen Celtic and Hearts. I mean, they've been playing since back since June, yeah. July. You know, albeit it doesn't really affect Celtic anymore because they've got really the Scottish Cup to play for now but it likes Aberdeen you know, we're the, we're the team are away warm weather training Dubai next week you know I mean things like that just help get condition players through two weeks because as I said earlier on there's some some teams had seven eight games in December alone you know it's a lot to take out of a of relatively mm-hmm. small squads so um, I think they're necessary I'm glad it's back helps the pitches uh, gives the fans a break to be honest because if you're a if you're a struggling Kilmarnock fan, Killy Cal, you know, you maybe you want a break from for two weeks away from the team. <laughs> I'll what? try and find myself again. <laughs> why have they not um why have they not given the lower leagues a break? That 
Yeah, that's true. Because because you think their pitches would need it. Yeah. More. You you think their players would need it more because they're not as fit. Um, there's also fewer games in the there's only thirty six yeah. in the the three lower leagues opposed to thirty eight in the top flight. So there's not a need to cram fixtures in as much. So so why why? I don't know. I mean, it's just a why Neil. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe they've still got the. I don't know. When's it? When's that? Uh, that Iron Brew Cup back? Is that not back during the winter break? <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. It's been about eight months since he last played a game in that. So I, can't, um, I couldn't. Who's even in that? DNS. Whilst he's going to win it. Remember? I, well, did I not predict that at the start of the season yeah. that a, a team out with Scotland? I think I went with Crusaders would win Pretty it. Funny. Um, but TNS are they not the the world the world record breakers for the most wins in a row? Well. Apparently they equal they they broke Ajax's record, which they acknowledged but didn't acknowledge that they'd broken an East Kilbride record. So possibly because it's not a record. But it is. It is. But Guinness Booker see, see like, Guinness Booker Records didn't win. acknowledge it, but Ajax did. Um, I just think winning runs should be wins. That's my thoughts on it. Because East Kilbride drew a game, did they not? No, no. What you talking about the one twenty-seven games in a row? Penalties. That's a draw. The one twenty-seven games in a row. Hmm. They did. Beg to differ in that one. Um, but it's, it's weird that St Mirren could be the team who stop this uh, this winning run. Well. And in the worst season ever, St Mirren could stop a world record. Well, it's already yeah, over. It well might be over by then, exactly. to be honest. Um, but yeah, winter break necessary, yes. Yeah, I, I'm yes, in favour yes. of it. Um, yeah, well, uh, before Matt started speaking, I was actually saying no, but then he made a lot of good points, so I'm probably just got to agree with him. Because I was forgetting about... No, honestly, forget about the teams like Aberdeen, Hearts, Celtic who have been playing for the start. Uh, in regards to the weather, I don't, I don't think we've seen such a bad upturn in weather. But it's a lottery. It seems to be my favourite word of the podcast so far. <laughs> but, uh, but the weather could come. I, I, th- I think it's a period between January and March where the weather does get just. It could be snowing. It could be raining. Whatever. Winter is but, coming. Uh, but. Yeah, winter has come and winter has came, but but more so to do with uh, the 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 clubs that have competed in Europe. I think that they need a break. I was I was totally forgetting that, totally selfish reasons. Uh, well, Hibs as well. Games. Sorry, yeah, Hibs played started. And you think of the the gap that like some some of the teams have though, because I mean, like you've seen, as I said, Hibs were in the Scottish Cup on what the twenty eighth of no twenty seventh of May or something it was. You know, end of May anyway, and then they're back. They're back training probably at the end of June. You know, it's hard line yeah. time off. I mean, you, you could you could argue that the the fact the European clubs didn't play in the League Cup. Well, well, there you go then. Yeah, the, there's either. the point then for for everyone. You know, everyone's been back then since early doors. You know, it is a long season, and everyone the old argument. Oh well, they're professionals. You know, they don't work for. They get a long break and things like that in the summer. No, but end of the day though, they're playing. Some teams are playing twice. You know, three times a week. You know, I mean, you were saying that whatever Aberdeen had eight games in December. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's far too many. Um, I think Celtic had nine in the month, which is yeah. I mean, Celtic, Celtic played twenty one percent of their league matches um, in the month of December. Mm. A fifth, over a fifth of their league matches in one calendar month is is so far over the top. Um, but yeah, uh, winter break. I'm I'm kind of I like it because it gives everyone a breather. I think it gives everyone a chance to kind of detox a wee bit and then come back to it hmm. and uh, be kind of back up for the kind of thing. I think you'll see. It'll be interesting to look at the crowds from the the last. Well, maybe the last weekend's a bad example because they were derby games. 
but maybe the weekend before and then compare them to when uh, the fixtures restart in the top flight mm. because I think you'll probably see the crowds will be up quite a lot because people will be kind of missing the football I mean you've got what two or three Saturdays in a row where unless you go to a junior or a lower league game you're not going to be getting your 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 team you're not going to see your team play so I think I quite like that idea but I kind of miss it already I miss not having a, a top flight fixture card to look forward to tomorrow yeah it's, it's even the same with me but like uh even though I go to the international games at home, like eh, well, some away obviously as well at like London and Portugal and that, but like, eh, <laughs> but like even then, I hate I hate no having you know a, a killer game to look out for and like I say, yeah. seeing seeing seen a full fixture card yeah. and even though as bad as it is watching sports scene on a on a Sunday night, so <laughs> eh, it's it's just stuff like that. Like I said I, I, I'm looking forward to it coming back. Eh, not no particularly for Morn Club, just in general I'm, uh, about missing football, but. But I'm going to try and take in a few junior games uh, in the next couple of weeks. I think anyway, as well. I've got to tab again next week. Sorry, Callum, just to cut you off. No, there. sorry. That's I funny. think as well. What's actually what's good as well. The the week when all the kind of Premiership clubs are back is the Scottish Cup weekend. You know, and that's the weekend where you know the crowds well, will be best up. Weekend of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the best weekend. Yeah, of the I, I love the, I love I'm, the fourth round or third round. Whatever. I don't change for anything. It is just yeah. I, I absolutely love it. Um, can't even think. I mean, there's Celtic Albion Rovers. There's Hibs Bonnie Rig. Oh, great Kelly game. Hamilton. Um, Kelly, big one at Rugby <laughs> Park. Kelly Hamilton. Um, your man and Torture. the dog there. Torture. Torture. Uh, I, I think there's even though there's fixtures like Kelly Hamilton, it's still it's going to be a. That's going to be a cracking weekend. I mean, no, there's, as well. there's so well, many good games. Well, I mean, that's only a couple of weeks away as well. Oh, yeah, that's it. Well, look at what everybody was doing. I, I, I know what I was, and all my mates who aren't even as into football as myself were all sitting crowded listening to the draw, you know, ah, like, buzzing for it to be totally deflated where the draw we ended up getting. But that's <laughs> not the point. It's about the, the excitement of seeing who you're going to get. Yeah. And I agree. It's, it's usually my favourite weekend of the year. I think, question, oh, sorry, who, who, and I'm asking you, Matt, because you should probably know this, who did Fort Martin get? Fort Martin are playing Park Thistle uh, at Thistle. Are they? Yeah. Really? That's, that's a good one. Yeah, I did not know that at all. I honestly didn't. Have no, a um, that'll be a that'll be quite a good one. I've got a pal, uh, Ewan, that's the goalie for for Martin. Um, he's just a young lad. He's only twenty one or twenty now, sorry. And he's been he's actually been playing like first team in the cup. He's been playing the cup games, so he he's in a he's in line apparently to to start against this. So that'll be some story because brilliant. Hmm. Are you going to go up to that? It, well, I'd, down I'd to be it. working, uh, but. Uh, unfortunately, I've got a pal that's uh, that's a die-hard Thistle fan that I work with, and he he really misses a game if he can get off work. And he actually played for for Martin when he was up at university in Aberdeen, so it's really? a it's a bit of a, a like a wee romance for the, the cup. That's what I, that's what I love about the cup. I mean, I remember a few years ago Thistle played in um, Cooter from Aberdeen uh, junior team, yeah. and th- they took them to a replay. It's been Thistle, I think, we're in the yeah. second division. And they I got a great that. crowd down, and you know, like, and obviously Thistle won the tie. But you know, I'm just looking at some of the fixtures just there. I mean, it's not the most appealing. Obviously, the Bonnerig one sticks out for me, but um, Elgin and Verness, you know, that's a good one. A wee derby there. Yeah, that, yeah. that is good. I, I quite like the fact that it's like you know, it's a Highland game. You're romantic. I think. Can I see? Elgin are at home, aren't they? Yeah. So it's quite a, kind a good crowd uh, for that at Borough Briggs. Yeah. Um, sure, Johnny will be along at that. A few good ones. <laughs> Uh, I think we I think we picked them out in the podcast. I just can't remember because it seems ages since the draw was made. I think it was maybe the end of November the draw was made. Um, I think the obvious ones probably Bonnie Rig Rose Hibs. The holders going to play at Tynecastle yeah. against uh, a team filled with fans of their rivals. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's quite interesting. It's also interesting that. 
forgive me, I can't remember the 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 fella's name that, that passed away in Hogmanay, the Hibs fan that um oh. I think I think I already played for for Bonnie Rigg in his his uh, football. Uh, and a minute's applause for him tonight, I think, didn't they? Um, yeah. So there's an interesting kind of there's a nice wee link there as well. Yeah. Um, ho- hopefully something will be done about that game as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Bonnie Rigg have sold like five thousand tickets <laughs> or something. Like it's it's crazy numbers. I mean they're probably mostly jambos, but. Uh, it's uh, it's incredible numbers. So I we're looking forward to that. We will of course do a well, we do a big massive podcast and just look at every single game so. and try and, and got- see the upsets and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, st- staying with Hearts, we've got um, Christopher Hutton as uh, as tweeted as in he's saying I know you're looking forward to this one, Callum. <laughs> he's saying giving Hearts that's HMFC fans impeccable financial support of the club. You've got to agree. Are fans being shortchanged with Anne Budge and Craig Levine's model of hiring rookie coaches? Um, it's a it's an interesting question. Uh, I think that the fans need to show, which they have done uh, for the most part, impeccable support in getting behind Ian Cathro. But they they knew that that was a model. That was a model they signed up for. Uh, I mean, Robbie Nielsen was brought in in that model with the short change then. Uh, with Robbie Nielsen leading them back up uh, at the top fight at the first time of asking, by beating Rangers. Um, and, you know, let's not forget, before Ian Cathro get the job, Ian Cathro was seen as, you know, the kind of guru mm-hmm. of football. And I don't mean that in a patronising mm-hmm. way, like, like Keith Jackson would refer to him or something, but I mean, like, like he was seen as a very, very shrewd appointment. Like, like he, was, he was linked to a lot of jobs before. He was always seen to be the kind of Dundee United job. And I, I remember reading in the Rangers forums year, uh, only about a year or two ago, uh, just before Warburton got the job, actually, that fans were touting him for that as well. So I think it's only fair to give the guy a bit of time. And like, I, 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 think, it, I think it probably will pay off. I, I, I agree as well. I think I remember looking at the... Um, I think it was the the post. I'd seen a couple of clips. I can't remember where I saw it from. And uh, after Nielsen had left, and basically all the fans were like, uh, they were getting asked if he wanted. And Cathro was right up there with the the names, you know. Like, um, and I think that they've got to give him time. You know, I mean, they they do. I mean, I, I know that there's a lot of Scottish football, especially that is split on this. You know, Chris Boyd's had his say in the paper. You know, it's there to sell newspapers. Like he he's obviously met the guy. He knows what. Well, he doesn't know him really, to be honest. Let's be let's be honest, because Cathro comes in. I, I get the the kind of the critics. You know, they're going to jump on him though, because there's a lot of people that are saying like, oh, he doesn't look like a manager. You know, the way he conducts himself in the press and and things like that. However, you know, talking like about Anne Budge and, and Craig Levine, they're they're going for a manager that the fans were were keen to see. You know, come in. You know, he's he's proven pedigree wherever he's gone. You know, he's. He is obviously an exceptional coach, you know. I, I think that the the money's not the still the money's not there though for them to go out and get a massive name. I don't know what they were expecting. Mm-hmm. Like if they were expecting that, like I mean, Ian Cathro was linked with, you know, the Scotland job. He was linked with quite a lot of English jobs. You know, whenever they come up when he didn't in Newcastle, you know, I don't really know what they're expecting. If they're expecting like a Brendan Rodgers or something like that, you know, like it's yeah. it, it, it's on that level, you know, of like what they were thinking. I think, and I think that. They've got to be realistic in what in what they can get, you know. With, you know, they've got to be smart with their money, considering where they they were just three years ago, you know. So, as well, and the club the club will be, 
it might be seen as a cheap option, but seen in the long term, if this pays off, he and he goes off and joins a massive club again, you know, you know then then you know then Anne Budge and Craig Levine will be laughing, you know, really. So um, they're, yeah. they're a club with uh, ambition though just now. I mean, you see the, the likes of their new stadium, they've been they've saved the club. The fans have come together. Anne Budge has saved them. You know that they're they're on a very good they're at a very good level just now in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I fair play to them. Mm-hmm. Um, fair play to the heart support. I think. Uh, I was having a wee kind of a joke with the, the question there, um, but they, I think they've they've um, they've done their club proud over the last few years of Hearts mm-hmm. fans. I just I think I mean I gave St Johnston fans um, for Christmas a sense of perspective. Um, I think I'd probably offer the same to the Hearts fans at the moment. I think the Hearts are a team who have have come from probably the lowest point in terms of football in their mm-hmm. history. Where yeah. where they were, they were in the the Championship. They were. Um, in financial state, the, the club was was very close to being liquidated. They were at, at the worst you can imagine, um, and and they fought back. And now they're they're back where I think everyone agrees Hearts should be that at the pinnacle of Scottish football. Um, I I just I just think they need a, a slight sense of perspective. They're behind um, the two the two biggest clubs in the country, Celtic and Rangers, and probably. They will always be the kind of two teams you're always looking to beat, Celtic and Rangers. And finally, they're behind Aberdeen, the, the best Aberdeen team probably in the last what fifteen twenty yeah. years. So, um, their hearts, are, I think, I think fourth place is about as much as they can hope for. I think they'll finish fourth. I don't think, I think they'll maybe go on a run of form that will make people think mm-hmm. that they can, or they can maybe get third or maybe even second. I think they'll, they'll fall short of that in the end. But behind them, I don't think there's any problem. I, I saw someone. Was it Michael Stewart maybe saying that um, fifth wouldn't be disastrous for them? I, I think fifth would be would be pretty disastrous for them to be honest. But I don't think there's any chance of them finishing fifth. I think they'll finish fourth. I think everyone predicts them to finish fourth at the start of the season. Yeah. So I would I would say that there's no real shock with Hearts this season. But I, I think Hearts are doing fine. I think Ian Cathro um, will get it right over time. I just think he needs that. He needs time at the club. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, if Hearts fans give managers. Time. That's exactly what I was just <laughs> going to say. I was going to say that Cathro. I mean, it's not like he's coming into a job you would like to hit the ground running, but he doesn't have to. It's not like he has them. He needs to save them for relegation or anything. He's there. He should have a kind of easier job to kind of settle into. You know, build his legacy there. But he's not got to get that for the Hearts fans, man. Like, uh, when we went up and played them, they absolutely destroyed us. I didn't think even Hearts were that great. That just shows how bad we were. That they could still put four past us. It was four going seven. <laughs> um, but the even the, it was key for us to to hold them till about half time, and the fans would have turned. And if we held them at half time, I think we would have beaten them because their fans are yeah. just. I, I, they're venomous yeah. at times and Matt would have seen it last week at, at Tynecastle mm-hmm. when Aberdeen beat them so I let him come in and mm-hmm. say his point I, because was, he'll know better than me that he's seen it first hand now oh, it was booze again wasn't it Matt? yeah no absolutely I mean there, there were there were fuming throughout the game it was because Aberdeen controlled the game I mean we we, we have talked up hearts and rightly so over the last two seasons to be honest but they they, they were so poor Aberdeen were good you know Aberdeen put in a very good performance restricted hearts to just floating balls into the box you know like their big players never turned out in the day and the heart the fans got really stuck into them you know they were they were more they were booing at every opportunity they were getting on at the referees because it was Willie Collum and everyone was getting on at Willie Collum but they were looking at kind of blaming everything and in the day their team were just I'm going to sound biased their team were outclassed but they weren't they were not good 
you know, and, the, and as Callum says, their fans were getting behind, were not getting behind them in the way that they keep saying that they have been. You know, they've been loyal, yes, but and yeah, they sold out the game, but you know, like there's there is a as football fans for you though, and because of the the, the way that uh, Tynecastle is, you know, it is a it is a very loud place. It can be at times even when the fans are are hacked off. Yeah. Hamish has Hamish has left us. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, Sorry, God. guys, I was just a wee bit. Ah, you were keeping that on the podcast, by the way. There was an awkward silence. I finished my point and then for about 10 Good seconds there was a delay, so we'll need to. I think we should just keep <laughs> that in to, to emphasize the point yeah, that it's this is a, a beer filled podcast. I'll, oh, uh, I'll, um, well, for one of us anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll move on to the Grant Campbell BSC. Oh, he has been. Uh, <laughs> Um, asking us a few questions are really good questions as well um, the first one is will Celtic go the season unbeaten you don't need to know my opinions because I've made them perfectly clear uh, my answer begins with a Y okay. um, what about yours and the, if they're taking it game by game they, they won't get beat but they've potentially still got to go to Ibrox and Petaudry and Tynecastle yeah. And then, but then it, it would take like it would be typical Celtic fashion, you know, they're doing so well and they'd get beat at like New Douglas Park or something. Like it would be, it would be so random, but it'd be quite funny if it, if their streak ended there, to be honest. But um, Albion Rovers are the team they're going to end the treble and they're going to end at Celtic's unbeaten run. Aye, but they're still unbeaten in the league. You know? I mean, there's a couple of times they've came close though, Celtic over the years. I mean, I remember it's actually Aberdeen that have beaten twice, like over the. O'Neill had a season and like he made it up to December and they were unbeaten. They only lost one game all season and then there was that game where Aberdeen played Celtic at Petordi four years ago and it was the when Fraser Forster's record got got broken. Um, yeah. It was that Johnny Hayes goal and that strike from the thirty yards. So that ended the, the unbeaten streak and then obviously that record. So it would be pretty pretty good if Albion Rovers. I mean, what a story that would be if they they somehow knocked out Celtic and. But they've barely been behind. It's not like you just if Celtic go ahead in a game, they're not going to lose it. It's simple as that. Yeah. No. Yeah. O- off the top of my head, I can only think of Rangers, Motherwell, and Kelly. Yeah. And Celtic have been Inverness. Behind. Were they not? Were they not two one behind? Uh, one 0 behind Inverness. No. Or is it? No, one 0 up really? and then two one up. Well, there you go then. You know. And, and, and look at that. Even when they were behind, though, I mean, when they were two 0 down, when, aye, when they were two 0 down to Motherwell, I, I still knew at half time they would come back and beat them. Said it to my, uh, but I, I phoned my dad to tell him I'm like, I'm not doing too ill. and then and then they were Celtic were forty one or something, and I'm like lump on them because I've got to win, and they did it. It was, like, it was never got to cross my mind that Celtic won. They ever got to win that yeah. game. I, I felt I was at the game, and I remember saying it at the time that, and it's hard to put your finger on, but you you just get the feeling with a Celtic team, and yeah, I, I know obviously I'm a Celtic fan. I, I don't want to come across a, as bragging, but but it is uh, the Celtic team are just so far ahead of everyone yeah. else. I've never yeah. seen a a golf ever like it. The the fact that they're two 0 down, the I mean Motherwell in that first half. I've not seen a team play as well against Celtic mm-hmm. this season in Scotland. They were they were absolutely brilliant, Motherwell. But you always felt that Celtic get a goal in the first kind of. What ten minutes of that second half that the Celtic would come back and, and win that game? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, and as I've said it myself, they're just they're, they're so far ahead of anything in in this league. And can they go unbeaten? Of course they can. Uh, 
but I just don't know. I, I can just see it slapping up coming end of the season once the league's wrapped up because they could win the league by March here. Um, and I, I could I could just imagine them, you know, no turning up at a game. I don't know, and I don't think it will be Rangers because they always, like, you know, mm. all from games is regardless whether the league's over mm. or not. You, the both teams still turn up. I can I can see them maybe slapping up at Petardry, Tynecastle. Well, m- maybe no Tynecastle the way Castle's going. <laughs> <laughs> the Hearts fans will be, but uh, but I I don't know. I I think they obviously can because they're miles ahead of anybody else in the league. But I just have a feeling that they'll end up slapping up. But they're only if they are, they're only got uh, the. I, th- I think they'll be lucky to lose a game this uh, no, uh, oh, I'm banana <laughs> beat here uh, I, I think that if they, if they do they'll only be beaten once this season and, yeah. uh, because I think they win the Scottish Cup as well I said that at the start of the season they would in the treble and I still stand by that I'm, I'm trying to think now it was either Ross Clark or Lewis said that a team would beat Celtic I think it was Ross Clark and he said Ross County would be the team <laughs> in Celtic's winning run Strange. I'll say I'll say St Johnston. <laughs> I don't know. St Johnston, I probably uh, they did it last uh, year. If you're no. asking me a team that I'd say, I'd probably say St Johnston. Did it? Um, they've yeah. got they've got Celtic three times. Uh, there's a game in January, and I'm I'm almost hearing myself in, in a couple of months' time now saying this and thinking, God, you were right. Yeah. Um, that St Johnston go to Parkhead at the start of January, and I've got Danny Swanson's volley in my head from a couple of seasons hmm. ago. Um, I know it's a totally different Celtic team, but there's something about that game that uh, makes me shiver a little for Celtic. I think St Johnson are a cracking team, and I think away f- away from home, I mean, St Johnson pace is what you're looking for, isn't it? That's exactly where in behind the defences where they thrive. Um, and if Celtic certainly play like they did in a couple of the games in December, I think St Johnson could uh, could certainly get something from the game, whether they win or not, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Grant Campbell BSC back with another question he's asking uh, it's a good question again outside the top flight in Scotland which manager has impressed you the most have you given any thought to this or are you just going to run through about 18 managers Matt <laughs> uh, I don't know the name but the Edinburgh City manager <laughs> Jordan is it Jordan is it, oh, is it Gary Jordan is it I don't know um He's been. Did you know who they who they signed the other day? Um, Josh Walker for that used to play for Aberdeen. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Uh, Bayern Bayer Munich goal scorer. Uh, well, against Bayern Munich, I say sorry. Um, uh, he he's been on a slippery slope for years though. Like he's only twenty seven or something. It's crazy. <laughs> it got- the same way Harry Forrester's twenty six. I bear in mind he was alone in Kilmarnock in twenty ten. Hmm. Harry Forrester as well. So I mean, uh, that's, Ali that's Crawford's twenty five. Aye. Oh, well, I think I, I always think Ali Crawford has been twenty one and just frozen at twenty one. Everybody thinks they just thinks it's a given that he's he's, he's, he's the 20, next one breaking he's... through in that. <laughs> in that <laughs> Claudio Canija. Claudio Canija hit his fiftieth birthday. Oh, today. You know, you know, a funny stuff. I remember his debut for Dundee at Petardry in like <laughs> two thousand. He came on and scored. I don't know if it was a double. But he scored against us because my dad was talking him up saying, oh, he played for obviously Argentina in the World Cup and all that. And then he signed for Rangers. <laughs> Definitely class, man. Absolutely Definitely crazy. Class. Like, like some of the like <laughs> some of the old timers that have played, like Craig Brewster signed for Aberdeen when he was thirty nine. It's like he'd, he'd already <laughs> been a manager. I know I've gone off topic there because I'm trying to talk up Gary Jordan there, but <laughs> he, he must he must be fifty, Craig Brewster. Um, maybe. Where is he? Did Craig Brewster was Craig Brewster manager? 
at Inverness and then the United before it and then signed he, he was a player he was a player and coach at Inverness or something like ridiculous <laughs> and he, you know he came on and had a bit of an impact he actually scored on his debut in a cup game and came back and drew with Hibs mm. yeah he was Inverness he was and then Dundee United man. he was Dundee United player manager I think or something ridiculous <laughs> yeah, and, then, yeah, and then Jimmy like, Caldwell he thought it would be a good idea to play, sign him as a full timer for the rest of the season <laughs> he played again <laughs> Some he, um, <laughs> a Mr. Craig Bruch, Br- <coughs> Craig Brewster uh, celebrated his 50th birthday on uh, December last month. Wow. So he's 50. 50? Ian Carter's 30 ridiculous. and he's never kicked a ball in his uh, life. Uh, <laughs> that's right. I'd rather, I mean, if you ask Chris Boyd, who'd you rather imagine? Hearts, Ian Carter or Craig Brewster, what would they say? Oh, Brewster, obviously. You probably knew Brewster. Probably knew Brewster for years. Brewster. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, yeah. um, managers that have impressed you. Yeah, I'd like to say so. I'd like to say Gary Jordan uh, of uh, Edinburgh City because of the fact that we all wrote them off at the start of the season. I think Ross Clark said they would not win a game. They are now, as we we established, I think in one of the podcasts in December, they are now a member of the Scottish uh, Professional Football League, and they are rightfully there, in my opinion. Um, I'll kick that off with him. I'm going for. David Hopkin at Livingston. Um, part, part from the fact that uh, he takes about approximately 50 minutes after the game to come out for his post-match interview. You said that about Livingston, um, so, didn't you? No, don't get me started on them. Um, the Livy Lions. Oh, but uh, D- David Hopkin, he t- takes ages to come out after the game, but he's not even been doing anything. He's like, after a 5-1 or 4-1 win at home to Stenhouse Muir, You'd think that's a pretty mundane game. There's not going to be too much to talk to your players about, really, apart from maybe applauding them a wee bit. Um, but he came out, he hadn't been for a shower or anything, so there wasn't that excuse. He was still sweating and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but other than all that, I, th- I think he's doing a pretty good job because I don't know at the start of the season if if very many folk actually tipped Livingston because uh, Alloa seemed to be the team that a lot of folk were tipping. They obviously had the great start to the or season. Airdrie, if you're Lewis Kemp. P- Peter Head <laughs> and Airdrie, if you're Lewis Kemp. Um, and me, I picked up Airdrie for some aye, strange but, uh, but Livingston have run away um, only, to be, to be totally honest. And I think he deserves credit. I think it's his, I want to say it's maybe his, his uh, first proper job, certainly as a manager. Um, he, Seven caps for Scotland. Didn't even know mm-hmm. that. Two goals for Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was he was the, the kind of caretaker at Morton. I think a couple of years ago. But this is his full kind of first. How old is he? Um, oh. Job. Um, he's probably he's forty six. Oh, he so definitely he's played a, for young one. folks then for Scotland, didn't he? <laughs> uh, no, he was he was ninety seven to ninety nine. So he was what Craig oh, Brown. Oh, Craig Brown. So uh, I. David Hopkins smash it. I think he's um, done a good job with Livingston. I'll let Kelly Cal oh, say his word first. I've got a couple actually. I've got one that, I, that should definitely be regarded. But I'll let Casey. Obviously, it's, it's got to be Gary Locke eh, after <laughs> this uh, terrific <laughs> season in Charles Erethro. Uh, that see, it's a it's a strange one. Uh, impressed in on word. I'm a big Ray McKinnon fan. Always have been. Minus the result tonight. Uh, obviously done really well at United uh, recruitment wise and that and. I'm a big fan of his. Also, I think Ian McCall, mm-hmm. again, for the job he's doing at Air United, uh, to keep for them to be part-time and still, you know, playing at a decent level um, and doing all right. Uh, I'd say, obviously, they're very inconsistent, but they're going to be. And I'm a big Ian McCall fan. He's a, he's a 
he's a realist. I, I like that. Uh, I, uh, you love you like air, though, don't you? Really get like a, you got a soft spot. I, 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 I don't. I, nah, I've not got a soft spot for them, but I just I, I don't hate them like like other kind of stupid Kelly fans at times. Well, I understand why the older generation hate them, but I don't know why MD my age could hate Air United. I mean, they're irrelevant. I don't mean that in a patronising way, but I just, mm. like, why would I hate a team that I've seen play as competitively like three times? You've got to be so. careful, you might get that next season if you're a team. Aye, you probably will, aye. We probably I, um, will. <laughs> I'd like to say that Jim Duffy at the moment as well, I mm. think. The fact that uh, Morton are sitting third in the league is a testament to, to him and his team and he's obviously just done a superb job. I mean, people say that he possibly a dinosaur of Scottish football but he's certainly <laughs> certainly done wonders at, at Morton this season. I mean, a League Cup semi-final appearance and then obviously where they are in the league just consistent. You know, they finally yep. got away from like being St Mirren's like, little rival almost and the, if you look at the two clubs now, you'd said two years ago that St Mirren would be bottom of the league, well, Three seasons ago, that St Mirren would be bottom of the championship, and uh, Morton would be third. I think. I think they'd be biting your hand off. He's just been a superb performance this year, and he was even, for some reason linked to the Scotland job, which is obviously a bit of a stretch. Um, and that was him getting a wee. Uh, that was him getting a wee bit of stick at the start mm-hmm. of the season as well. Uh, for, for if you bag a win, though, could they? I think they drew their first like, no, or something crazy. Uh, absolutely terrific, yeah. I totally agree with you. I think Jim Duffy's done mm-hmm. a brilliant job there over the course of uh, last year or so. On a final mm-hmm. note, uh, Gary, Gary Jordan, for anyone who wants to know, is the longest <laughs> serving manager in the SPFL with uh, five to six years, um, apparently. Uh, it doesn't actually say, but. Um, He's Te- technically it's only been what eight months. Yeah. Okay. Football. Yeah, but he's long at the current club that he's at in the SPFL. He is five to six years, and then it's Jim McAnally mm. on five years as well. So that's a mm. lot of fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I Jim Duffy doesn't know his Russian football. I don't know if you heard him in Super Scoreboard, but he was he was chatting about this new Ebuy boy no. at Celtic, and he was r- roundly shot down by the the Russian expert who came on. He was growing up. Oh, these Russian clubs have got tons of money, and the, the boy piped up and went like that. Um, well, actually, Jim, um, uh, I don't know if you know your Russian football, but um, CSK Moscow and Zenit are actually struggling financially at the moment. And uh, Jim, Duff, Jim Duffy just sitting there in that studio, you can, you can just picture his face um, when he's when he's been put in his place by uh, some Russian journalist. But um, no, Jim Duffy, the job he's done has been brilliant. Um, we've also got a question question in from Grant Campbell, BSC. Okay. Um, Grant Campbell is asking us uh, the best atmosphere at a ground this season you can't I mean these three questions have all been absolute mm. crackers um, best atmosphere at a ground this season um, I know what you're going to say I'm not going to say that actually I'm going to say two in my head um, I'm going to say well yeah I'm going to say one of them I'm going to say the, the Man City yeah. one the 3-3 game the atmosphere was unbelievable Um I suppose the five one game was alright too. Um but also the, the game at the game at Motherwell mm-hmm. uh, that I was at, the atmosphere uh, was really good. Um in a strange way Hibbs Falkirk um was was pretty good. I think Easter Road like gets a kinda of, a lot of hard time folk always go Tynecastle's the one for atmosphere. Um and it probably is, but Easter Road I think can get pretty noisy when when the fans are up for it. And certainly when um a few of uh, I think it was Tom Tywell was sent off for Falkirk that day. And you know how Falkirk and Hibs don't get on at all. Um, the atmosphere that day was it was pretty loud, and the Falkirk support helped uh, that as well. They had a good support that day, so so that would be one of my kind of neutral ones. But um, 
Biasly speaking, I'll go for a Celtic three Man City three. That was a that was an incredible night. Um, I'll go also be I'll say from old club uh, Aberdeen Rangers game for me was was pretty was pretty special to be fair. There was a lot of talk up, made up before the game and the way that obviously Aberdeen won the game in the last kick of the ball with the goal of the season. Uh, Ed Kelly Cal, um, with James Madison's free <laughs> kick, um, I think was just it just summed up the day and it was you know we all. Like it, it genuinely felt like just such a massive win. It was an important win for the for the team and so on. So, for my perspective, I think that that, that is that is definitely um, been the highlight. I mean, I've not really the thing is I've not really been to any other games where I've been a, a neutral this season. I didn't go. I got offered the chance to go to the one of the Champions League games. And I turned it down because I think it was the Barca game because obviously the League Cup final was three days later. So I couldn't quite bring myself to support Celtic while knowing on the <laughs> Sunday I'd be. Uh, Booing them, or well, or just sitting in my seat like a, a little kid while they sung it. Booing the Irish national. Booing anthem. the Irish national anthem. Booing the, <laughs> the Lisbon Lions phone thing and booing whatever else that some other that that uh, song you sing about putting a wedding ring on your finger or something like that. Nonsense. Grace. <laughs> um, I think I think if you knew the the whole meaning of the yeah, song. Yeah. Yeah, it would probably yeah, help. Get, so, so very, very. I couldn't. Uh, I not quite bring myself to doing that, unfortunately. But I'm sure that, as I, you could tell from the, from the, from the armchair, that that Man City Celtic game was a pretty special occasion for, for the Celtic fans. So, I'm not surprised you've made it as, as your biggest, best atmosphere. Sorry. Mm. You going for Wembley, Cal? Oh. See, I was, I was thinking that, but the, the, the only really good. Kind of part of it, it was the national anthems. Uh, obviously, I wasn't being God save the Queen, you know me. Obviously, I wasn't. <laughs> uh, no, uh, but I, I, I don't know. I just I've really kind of started to fall out of love with Scotland as well. <clears throat> I think I think the the songs that we sing are atrocious. Uh, always sung you know, them. The, I know, but <laughs> just some of them are just so bad, man. And. They can't really get you up off your seat. I, I, I love singing for every what's Scotland. The, what's the worst one that you heard on your trip to Wembley? I don't know. I just think some of the parts are atrocious. Like, I, I agree people, completely. The Icelandic chant. I know they were... What was the one they were singing? They were singing... Big Sam's a liar. Scotland's gonna qualify. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was like, that's never gonna happen. Um, so like, Wembley was good to an extent, but the same way I was a uh, kind of cringeworthy because because I seen it, I seen it in Portugal with uh, Gibraltar as well. I kind of seen that side there. I didn't really like it that much, but uh, obviously I was at the old fun game, uh, the five one game, which was unique. Uh, I think I was kind of blessed in regards to. It, because it was, and I don't mean this in a passionate way, Rangers, but because it was so one-sided, there wasn't really much kind of venomous atmosphere. It was, uh, you know, just kind of a good, good atmosphere opposed to, I think if it was a lot closer game, there'd be a lot more hate fueled in it. Um, whereas I didn't quite see as much as that as I thought I would. But it was a good atmosphere. Obviously, I've not no many Kelly games this season. I've been a good atmosphere, surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but I, I think it's clear to see. I mean, MD was in the playoff games last year. Can see that when the Kelly fans turn out, are are, are very good. They get right behind the team. Uh, the in the five one game again. Uh, the four. What, what I talking about? The four nil game against Falkirk. Um, that, that was a very good atmosphere uh, for me. But in term, terms of a season, I would probably say the old firm game. What one? The the five one game. I were was you at? Hamish, sorry, were you at the? Oh, you, oh, you were at the League Cup semi final. I was at. 
Uh, yes. Me? Oh, yes. I know. I, I was just. I was at five one game. I was an invited guest. <laughs> a, a guest of Lewis Kemp. Yes, um, yes, yes. I no cup, cup semi was good as well. Yeah. That was a good atmosphere, but. I don't know, it doesn't quite make no. it up there. Um, maybe the fact I lost my keys when Moussa Dembele scored kind of <laughs> sours the affair for me with that one. But no, that was good as well. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's, that's us pretty much out of question. I thought there was more than that. But, Grant Campbell um, taking over the questions. Three belt and questions, thanks for that, mate. Um, we'll, we'll run run through quickly. The predictions have been set oh. in timely by Lewis Kemp. Um it's worth pointing out that Craig Gamble um, made his debut in the predictions this week. He's going to try and hunt down Callum Fisher, um, despite being, what, about 17 weeks behind Callum, but stranger things Taking have happened. Taking bets on it, yeah. speak. I think he was, was it 500 to 1, I said, to finish ahead of Callum mm-hmm. um, this season. Uh, Craig got a score of 7 uh, in his first week, however, week 2 hasn't gone well for, for the Ladbrokes employee. He's ended up with um, one point from the ten matches. Uh, that one point gained oh. for Ross County's win against Inverness. He said 2-0. It finished 3-2 to Ross County. Um, it didn't fare much better. Me and Connor uh, didn't do much better. We both got two points from the ten games. Uh, we both called Celtic to beat Rangers. Connor called a draw between Thistle and Kilmarnock, one each he went for and it was 0-0, and I called a draw between Arbroath and Montrose, one each again when it was 0-0. It then goes slightly better, we have Ross with four points, he called Thistle and Kelly's 0-0 draw, bang on, somehow, and he also called a 3-1 win for Ross County, getting him a total of four points. Um, Matt, you got six Mm -hmm. points. You get the correct score between Hamilton and Motherwell, that late Louis Malt goal getting you the three points there. And Callum Scott, you got seven points. Callum Fisher, who we believed had chucked it, somehow got three correct scores and a, and a one point, so a total of ten for him. Johnny Clark got 11 points, but a special mention goes out to Lewis Kemp, who made history with 13 points and four correct scores. Incredible from him. He called Aberdeen's 1-0 win at Tynecastle, the 1-0 draw between Hamilton and Motherwell, the 0-0 draw again between Thistle and Kilmarnock, and the 1-1 draw between St Mirren and Morton. Late goals helping him big time there, I think. Uh, And it's also strange that Lewis is in charge of these predictions when he starts getting good. Um, I don't know about that. The the total scores... um, Gamble with the one point. Craig Craig, just seen (laughs) it. Craig Gamble... Craig Gamble is bottom on 8 points uh, Second bottom with 99 points Is Callum <laughs> Fisher um, Oh no <laughs> Third bottom Is me I'm third bottom 107 points no, no. Ross Clark has 109 Matt Finlay is next with 113 jo- Lewis Kemp has 120 Johnny has 126 there's two names left. For ages, he's been leading. For ages, he has been the man to beat. Connor Park is no longer first place because Callum <laughs> Scott, you have overtaken him. You have 134 to his meagre 133. How does it feel to be top oh, of the pile? As you should see, the can't wipe the smile off my face at the moment. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> Marvellous. A long way to go, though. Uh, I will be back. I will be 100% back. Um, but yeah, uh, another good week. I think we've got predictions in. We've been told 
at the last Just minute. That, yeah. uh, they've got predictions for tomorrow as well. Um, Lewis Kemp back from his, his holiday in Barcelona, we believe. Yes, with uh, the, the other half. You yeah, up the other half of Lewis Kemp. Um, <laughs> so yes, uh, Lewis is back. He's put up the predictions. And uh, we're going to do that, and um, we'll we'll let you know the next podcast. I don't know when the next podcast is going to be done. It'll probably uh, might be over Skype again. Um, <laughs> well, we're, think, we're back. We're back next week to university. I'm sure. Yeah, there, there, there's there's news to come. There's a lot of uh, transfers to be done in the busball camp over the next what six weeks or so. There's a a couple of guys, well, three guys to be honest, uh, moving abroad. There's also. Um, <laughs> The opportunity of, of one of the guys getting into employment, um, we, we shall see. But we'll keep you up to date with all that. Um, quite enjoyed this podcast, guys. I must say it's been yeah, a same good old year, chat. Same good. A good old chat. We might do it again in future. We'll Avoided the technical uh, issues. <laughs> wait, wait, wait till you, you find out you weren't recording the whole episode. I will be. I, I keep raging. checking mine. I get fired up at stuff like that. You, you know what I was like. Remember we're up there in that St Mirren package and I kept. Kept sending the recorder to the recorder that I was getting off a para. I just did uh, an interview with Tony Fitzpatrick in the pitch black. He was absolutely <laughs> vilified by a Mr. James Mahan. Ma- the, 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 the fan of, uh, I just say Mahan to annoy him, the, the fan of Bus Boys, where he's probably listening to be honest. Um, I'm going to blame the, the, the fella who helped us at St. Mum. Uh, who, who was the guy you do go to him a lot about? You name that nice guy. Uh, James, James Hunter. James Hunter, yeah. James, if I'm, you're listening. I'm, I'm going to blame him because uh, you all sat at that table and he seemed all right with it and he knows his, his technology, so he should have known. And I didn't really know. I was a makeshift cameraman at the time, so I was just concentrating and uh, fitting the frame in properly and <laughs> didn't really bother too much about Aye. the light. I, th- I, th- I thought you guys would have had it covered. You guys would have it covered. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll blame James for that. James, James has got a good uh, Celtic podcast for any Celtic fans out there as well. Glasgow's Green, um, it's worth a listen. It's doing very well in iTunes charts as well. Uh, if there's any Celtic fans lesson. out there that are, um, they've had a lot of good interviews on as well, and they've got a lot to come. Um, so if there's any Celtic fans out there that want to listen to that, um, give it a go on on iTunes. Uh, I'll thank you two guys very much for joining me on this this Friday mm-hmm. night. It's it's half past twelve. And I've still got all this editing to do, so I'll probably end it now and get to my bed by about 4am, hopefully, <laughs> uh, at this rate. Thanks very much, Callum Scott. Thank you. And thank you very much, Matthew thank Finlay. Thank you, good to be back. Yes, it's very good to be back for 2017. We hope you've enjoyed this kind of off-the-cuff show. Um, any comments, let us know. Uh, enjoy your weekend if you're out at a game, uh, and take care. Cheers. Cheers.